Hey, it's Sean Fennessy. We've got something special cooking on the Prestige TV podcast. I'll be recapping one of my favorite shows, HBO's Barry, every Sunday night with the writer-director star of the show, the great Bill Hader. We'll talk about the show's wild twists and turns, its special brand of dark comedy, and how it all came together. So on Sunday nights, immediately after a new episode airs, you can hear Bill and I break it all down on the Prestige TV pod. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm... Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your sound-only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, hip-hop, video games, R&B, anime, other stuff. This week, we discuss Kendrick Lamar's latest album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Here's the thing, Mikey, you ruined this for me, because... The thing is, Micah has done <laughs> so many Ghostface impersonations on this podcast that I can't listen to Ghostface verses <laughs> anymore without reinterpreting them oh, in Micah's man. voice. Shouts out to Ghostface. I can't pimp for these clothes. <laughs> Yo, hoes is killing me. <laughs> you ruined this whole album oh, for me man. just by virtue of that one feature. Ghostface Killer uh, on the Kendrick album. Um... We're talking about Mr. Morale. I'm, I got to the album a little bit after the release date because the album came out the day before my wedding. Um, I spent some time he's with He's a very man. He's, very he's man. Off the bit, he's off the market. You know, uh, he's taken. Y'all don't see the ring. Y'all don't see the ring right now. Back Go off. Mm-hmm. Um, off the market. Injury reserve, off the market. But, Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um... Mike and I coming at this, I think, from two different ways this week. I'll I'll mm-hmm. go first, just real quick, just top line, right? Before we get into it. I sure. really like this album. Mm-hmm. I really I like this album a lot. I, I I talked about this like, you know, we did our kind of preview app, like when this album was starting to roll out. Like, damn is the mm-hmm. one Kendrick Lamar album that just did not really stick to my ribs at all. You know, I sort of like wrote about it, talked mm-hmm. about it. And then a week after, like, damn, just kind of right. rolled off for me. This album. Yeah. I, and to recap, like, and to, and to recap, like, I think, like, top line, my thoughts about them were that I thought it was like the exact, 
right kind of kit, like the perfect kind of Kendrick album for the time that it came out. Like it was a pop album that was nonetheless, you know, <clears throat> Kendrick and high minded in the way, and like in, 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 you know, lyrical and story driven in the way that those albums tend to be with all the alternate perspectives and voices and whatever, but it worked on like a pop level. It sounded good outside. Um, yeah. Anyway, continue. I'm, and I'm glad you brought that part of damn up the, it sounded good outside. Cause I feel like that's a big thing I'm seeing in, in the conversations about the new album, right? Is like, is this the kind of album that you play in the whip? Right. Um, which is a kind of rap discourse that I miss sorely. I feel like it's been a while since I've participated in a, can you play this in the whip though? The Gucci Mane interview talking about, you ain't playing, you play Eminem for your old lady. <laughs> I Eminem mean, your the, old lady. the embryonic, the, the embryonic discussion of, does it slap? It, the, like, does it, can, does it rattle? Does it, does it, does it go in the car is a real, I mean, it's dumb. It's a simple problem, but it is a test. Like, you need to pass muster. And it's different from a hit. Like, you know, you are you are you riding around in the whip playing the Logic Suicide Hotline song? I don't think you are, brother, unless there's a radio playlist that happens to put it on and force it upon you. That's all. We, that's the question. And then, and then, and then, you it catches you by surprise. <laughs> You know, you feel a little yeah, put upon by it, yeah. you know? Um, this album is a lot. Mr. Morale is a lot. Um, I feel like there are two Kendrick Lamars and that this album is sort of splitting the difference in a way that I just appreciate and find really artful. There's the kind, there's the Kendrick Lamar, right? Who, there's Pulitzer Prize winning Kendrick Lamar, right? Who gets up and has to like soapbox a really big song, allegorical song concept into existence. And also place himself among a lineage yeah. and like steward the lyrical tradition, like while also, you know, doing something for the real niggas. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a big job. Right. There's that part. There's Kendrick A is that. And then the other Kendrick Lamar is like prog rock Kendrick Lamar, you know, is just doing instrumental shit and doing all sorts of weird shit with his voice and feels a bit more musical rather than lyrical to me. And I feel like it's a bit of a butterfly, right? Like that to me is the kind of soapbox Kendrick. And I'm not saying that to, I don't want to minimize a lot of the musical accomplishments on To Pimp a Butterfly, but it feels like that sort of lyrical soapboxy version of Kendrick is more pronounced there. I think damn feels more like it's that it, the musical elements are more pronounced. And I think it's really just, um, I feel like it's Good Kid, Mad City and this, and then this album feel like they turn up the volume on both. Like, I do think that as a, over elaborate sometimes as the production gets on Mr. Morale, like, I like it. Like, maybe I'm a basic bitch for liking it when a rapper is like, let's do live instruments, let's do live jazz. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit of, yeah, you are a little I'm bit a of a basic fish. I'm a basic fish, Because you know what? 
It's a it, it's a get out of jail free is card. It it's like it is it is yes yes. Talk about it. It is the tracking <laughs> shot of rap albums. And it, like it's the tracking <laughs> shot of rap albums. You like if you if you get live instruments in that motherfucker, Ugh. you have to take it seriously. Do you? You know but it. They, you know it to be but true. But it's not just, I mean, <laughs> hate you, Palpatine. No, but it's not, okay, but there are different versions of it, right? <laughs> I remember once years ago, like after um, Tip of Butterfly came out, like I did a couple of interviews with Terrace Martin, who produced on um, Tip of Butterfly, and this got cut from the interview, but there was a point where we were talking about Justice League. And for people who don't know, Justice League makes all those, like, the more sort of ostentatious over elaborate Rick Ross beats with the key changes and shit like that. Like, and uh, I forget the name of his backing band, but like Rick Ross does a lot of that stuff where he sort of plays around with live instrumentation, what feels like live orchestration. And that feels totally different from the way Kendrick does it. There's a version of it that, that Kanye does that feels different from both of those. Like, I don't think I think that there's a difference between trying to make music that sounds expensive mm-hmm. and making music that sounds that 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 you know sounds like the room that you made it in. Like there's like a very like hey like there's let's create the vibe of being in a place where there are live instruments is different from Rick Ross's thing and Nipsey Hussle's thing. Yeah. Uh, the 1500 and us. Yeah, thin, that's the band. Uh, the back man you know, for Justice League us. thing yeah. is, yeah. <clears throat> well, no, 1500 nothing. Aren't they? Is, uh, is, no, no, that's, that, that was, that was Nipsey and Dom Kennedy. Uh, Justice League was Rick Right, Ross's, right. I thought uh, he toured with 1500 and nothing too, but maybe I'm mistaken. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'd like, this is, I mean, if you know about this and, uh, or, <laughs> I mean, like if you were, also heavy on hip hop DX, email us <laughs> at soundoldypod uh, sound at com. But what I mean is, uh, you know, those are two those are two different things. Like the what Rick Ross does and what Anderson Pack does are two yeah, different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, um, like, and thus, like I, I just like you know, I. It's more so I'm leaning towards like what you were feeling, what you were putting out at the end of that last episode that we recorded before the Kendrick album came out. I think it was like the Heart Part Five had just yeah. come out, mm-hmm. and you know, like he was, you know, rapping eighty bars with deep fake faces, and and like it was just I was exhausted by it. And then you were saying like you know people are gonna say, you know, in the fullness of time that, you know, like, they're going to have to admit that Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole are closer than, <laughs> you know, are more alike than they are apart. And you meant it as an insult when you said it. <laughs> like, or you meant it as, like, as a pejorative when you said it. And I think is that, like, I kind of feel that way more so after listening to this album. It's more so, like, there are things in it that are, I don't know, like, it's, I've, I am. T- I think I'm too much of a cynic for this album. Mm. Like you know, like the I don't care about it being released in Ghana or the live instrumentation if it's not arranged well. And the thing is that I don't care about leaps. I like it's just like it's it's cool that like there were leaps taken, but like a lot of it is tedious. And I like it's just I'm exhausted by any discussion of cancel culture. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it um, is like the second song on like, the album. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I, like, yeah. and you know, eight of like nine of the 18 songs on the album mentioned clout chasing. He really wants you to put down your, like, it's just kind of, it was I, like, I couldn't engage with it. Like, it, like uh, I felt like I needed to in order to be able to really tackle it critically, which is like strange for me for a Kendrick album. Because it's not like he really like did a like whole lot of crazy shit in the end. Like, I mean, like he's been gone from the public eye, you know, buying up houses, becoming doing a bit of light, becoming a landlord in the interim. <laughs> I think, and, uh, like, I mean, aside from that, there was the, you know, XSX Tentacion, uh, Spotify catalog thing, which oh, yeah, I mean, the like, R people Kelly, brought right. up when they were talking yeah. about him, when, the, yeah, when they, when, when they, people brought up when it was talking about, like, him having a Kodak feature on the album, which yeah. honestly felt very natural to me. That was like, you know, one thing that I was kind of like not really. But again, like it's stuff that like there are explanations that there are things that explain away all of these criticisms in the album, in the album's lyrical content because of like his having had writer's block for two years, all of these sorts of feelings of being boxed in by his critical status and um, by you know, label demands and also becoming older and having a family and all these other things that like, you know, change the way that you think about the world and not really being allowed to change or grow in the way that he would like to. And I get all that, but also the album is tedious to me. <laughs> it's like, it's really like is, is, is where I'm at, I guess. Like that's my top line. <laughs> Which is, I guess, kind of long for a top line, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> no, that's good. It's like, it's, it's okay. So, tedium, right? Like, to me, you're thinking, okay, so you're referring to like, I don't know, these like offhanded bars about like cancel culture or like some of the, the stuff that feels like it's trying to be more I, topical, for instance, frankly. No, no, it no, no, does. no, no, no. Like, I think it's more, I, I think, I, well, yes, that too, that too. Yeah. But also, like, like, you know, stunts like We Cry Together being, yeah. Like it's a, it is a wild thing to attempt to have that sort of like skit record and, you know, to bring Taylor Page in to do all this other stuff. And like the music sounds like China being broken in the den, you know, there's, it's, it's pretty crazy scene to set, but it is exhausting. Tell the truth. If you're listening to that and, and being like, yo, I'm going to come back to this. I it's, it's wild. That's a wild thing to me to think about. Like, I mean, like around replayability with the things that are, I guess the more like acclaimed or lauded, like the big steps you take on this album are very just like exhausting to me. Yeah, there are definitely so like so we cry together, right? Like there are definitely moments on this album where more than any of the other Kendrick albums, you're sort of you're forced to remember that like, oh right, this is an aftermath artist. Like this is a dude who's close to Dre. Like yeah. there are moments, there are moments when this album becomes an Eminem album. It becomes like an early career Eminem album for sure. 
right? Yeah, I think auntie, auntie Diaries and We Cry Together in particular are sort of, and again, it's sort of whether you you have or still have the, the taste for that kind of like Eminem like yeah, I mean, like Dre it is style, your, it is, you know? it's, it feels like your, it feels like your college friend that was into rap music sat you down. It was just kind of like, yo, I'm gonna play you something crazy, and then puts on a mortal technique, dance with the devil, is what that yeah. song feels like. <laughs> um, some Jedi mind trick shit. I mean, listen, yeah, man. And then you're like, yo, relax. <laughs> there, yeah, there are definitely aggressive moments on it. I mean, I, I think though. Okay, let me let me spread this out a bit because I think a couple of things. One, I enjoy bits of even those more aggressive songs. I think that a lot of the album, let, let's focus on sort of Kendrick performing the songs, right? Like it's a very, sure. again, it's like a chaotic album, right? Like I feel like he, he is consciously trying to do that kind of very expressive, very cracked up, introspective I- Eminem type of thing, right? I would like to see how, like, I'd, well, sorry to, like, interrupt, but I'd, like, like, I'd knowing that this is going, because, I mean, like, the N95 video was really Mm. good. Like, I didn't really, like, I didn't really enjoy the song. Like, I think that that interpolation, uh, you know, da-da-da-da-da, dancing in the drought, hello to the rain, man, never losing count thing, was better on the the unreleased version of Range Brothers from uh, the Keem album, which is where mm-hmm. that first, that that hook, that bridge first showed up. I think it worked mm-hmm. better there. Um, But, like, still, though, like, all the shots in the video are amazing. The, the end, like, the last 20 seconds of, like, reverb where Tyshawn is messing up hard flips is kind of crazy like i really enjoyed that and i'm excited to see how we cry together makes sense mm-hmm. you know like that's it's it's kind of more like you know for a while there and it's funny bringing up alabama considering you know like what's going on with them right now but like it's kind of like seeing like alabama like down 20 in the second quarter like just you know it's more like how are they going to win this i wonder you know, not really having any kind of like, you know, I'd like we cry together is going to make sense to me at some mm-hmm. point. Like, but at this, but I don't enjoy it right now. And I don't know how, like, I wouldn't come back to it of my own volition. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, a, there's like not a whole lot of records on this album that I would like Rich Spirit is like I think um like I really like Rich Spirit yeah uh I think that like in 95 is like growing on me but like beyond that it's tough to say I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought up Rich Spirit though because it's sort of to go back to damn for a second so like humble right humble is the sort of single that now gets to represent damn right um, in the distilled form of like that sure. album. we talk about that album right and humble to me is a song that I, I'm I'm finally prepared to say that humble is a stupid song right and it's just it it's it's that sort of <laughs> clunky thing of like yeah like everything you're saying is right about the way damn balances being a Kendrick Lamar album while also being this like pop album in a way that the other Kendrick albums even good kid aren't so self-consciously trying to be that um but to me, it's like, I contrast Humble, which I feel like I can see all the seams on that song, 
right? Everything about that song seems like it's like a thing that an A&R somewhere like willed into existence to be a hit single from an album, right? Whereas like Rich Spirit, yeah, yeah. like it, the the Jimmy Waffo beat and the and the whole just like, the hook, like it, yeah. you know what I mean? And I contrast it with like Rich Spirit, which has a lot. It, Rich Spirit is a hit, but that feels way more to me like a Kendrick Lamar song that happens to be a hit, right? And I think my general thing with Mr. Morale is that I don't like I don't think it's the best rapping of Kendrick's career, right? And, and we're talking about an artist who is a rapper, like for people who like the art of rapping, right? Like Kendrick is that kind yeah. of guy, right? And yet, I, to me, it's yeah. it's like if you're looking at it in terms of what are the lyrics on this album? I could definitely get somebody who's sort of relatively disappointed with with that facet of Kendrick on this. To me, though, the thing about these songs compared to Damn is just that, like, I think the melodies are just consistently much better. I think the hooks are much better. I think even the songs, that, the medium points on the album, stuff like In 95, right, or Silent Hill, like, those are hooks that, you know what I mean? To me, it's just like the, the actual structure and music and flows feel like they're very, it feels like everybody showed up and it's like, yeah, the one thing lacking is that like some of the Kendrick lyrics feel a bit like, like, damn, where is the, the, it, maybe it's a, it might be that those lyrics are a victim of sort of the more, again, like the emotional chaos of the album in a way, right? It definitely feels a lot less, the thinking on the album feels a lot less structured than TPAB, right? Where that's an album where it's like every song is basically a concept and every song is kind of relentlessly on message onto Pimp a Butterfly. Whereas this song, I mean, whereas like Mr. Morale is a bit more like all over the place and this, and some of the lyricism suffers for it. But I don't know, man. I think the songs as songs just feel like so... I don't know. I just there are not that many songs that musically I'm just like eh, turn this shit off, right? And that's where people kind of lose me with the whole "Can you play this in the whip?" thing. Because to me, it's just like maybe lyrically, no. Like I'm not about to be playing Audi Diaries in the whip, <laughs> but you know. But it's like the songs, though. I think it's also like you know worth noting like where you're driving versus where I'm driving, which also factors into the "Can you play the thing in the whip?" thing. Like it's like there's. If the song isn't going to catch, like, in the first, like, like uh, these songs are slow builds. Like, they take a while to, like, realize themselves or to, like, coalesce. And there are, like, a lot of long records on this album, too. Like, that you kind of, like, it is very, like, you got to, you put in a dime, you got to let the whole song play out album. It's not a whip album. This is more of like a living room album. This is like, remember that scene in Mad Men where they're like, oh, we're going to get high and listen to Miles? We're going to get... Like, that's the sort of thing. It's like, this requires a listening session and I don't really... Re I don't know where else you... Like, it's... I don't know. It's not like a it's it's a it's digestible as a whole, but like not like something that you would pick up piecemeal elsewhere, which is fine also. Yeah, like can as we, a can like a long player it makes sense, but like I'm talking about in terms of replayability, in terms of like how it would actually enter your daily life. 
mm-hmm. or how yeah. music enters mine. Like it's not really like you know, it's it's I don't know if it's going in the rotation like that. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. I feel like they're, at least so far as I've seen, right? I feel like different people are frustrated with this album for different reasons. I think you're unpacking some of them so far. I think it's, I don't know, this is an album where at least the response to it is interesting to me, right? Because it doesn't feel like, I think initially I saw some of the the people, you know, talking about Auntie Diaries, which, I mean, to be clear, right? It's like the... Uh, that's the song where he's talking about like family members who've come out as gay or trans in his family and he drops the F-bomb a bunch of times and he's kind of like in character trying to embody um, the evolution of his own thinking and his own maturity about certain social issues, right? And like people in his life, mm-hmm. right? Um, and originally that and like some of the stuff on N95, like I looked at and I was like, oh, okay, maybe people will be frustrated with the album because of just like, again, like uh, Kendrick's a lyrical rapper and people associate him with a certain kind of, you know, like social politics and maybe he's disappointing people on that level. But I do think it's like, that's one part of it for sure. I do think there are people who sound maybe a bit more like you who are disappointed with the music, right? Um Right. It's, it feels like their concerns are more about like, again, it, it really is not to make a mockery of it, but it really is kind of like it's failing the whip test for a lot of people. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. I think I think that a lot. Yeah. It's like that's that's interesting, I think, in and of itself, because I don't know. I don't know that the other Kendrick Lamar albums got 
this kind of like what is the standing of this album so far relative to the other Kendrick albums? I guess is what I'm trying to suss out. I think that it's also difficult to suss that out because it's it's entering a different world. He's also it's like the dam came out to, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is now five years ago. There have been features since then, sure, but like, um, I mean, all kinds of them differently than you thought they might. Like, you know, I hate to say in post pandemic world, but like, it is, <laughs> like, it is, yeah. like, it is what it is. Like, it's, I think, for instance, uh, the, the, the season finality of Atlanta, you know, like happened this week, and I, I didn't see like a whole lot about it, like online about it being a revelation, about it being like whatever. Like it's just like there's, there's less of a. I feel like there's less of a concentrated audience for this sort of thing already. Like compared to, like before he won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, you know, what you can attribute that to in re, um, you know, <clears throat> God, I, like, I hate saying, like, you know, things like loss of national optimism because I mean, like, that people have been fucked up forever. That's not like, a, like, yeah. it's, but I, I mean, in the way that all, mu- all pop music during the Obama era wanted to go to space, like, stuff. Post 2016 <laughs> has been fairly depressive or introspective, or you know, um, you know, doom stricken. I, I don't know what I like. It's it's like this is, and these are like you know, broad brushstrokes, but I'm saying like there's got to be some reason behind call, like calling you know, the album Mr. Morale or the Big Steppers, you know, <laughs> yeah, um. I said this, I, I want credit for this, by the way. I said this on this sort of preview episode we, we did, where we were talking about Kendrick for a bit and about Damn and about the rollout for this album. And I I was talking about the idea that, like, look, I bet a lot of people, like, it's been a while since Damn, right? And it, a lot of people forget that Kendrick is classically woke, right? He's not, like, modern woke. He's, like, an old, he's, like, an old school type like, I don't know, the discourse that you see around songs like In 95 or Auntie Diaries or We Cry Together, to me, it's like, that's exactly what I was thinking of when we were talking about that, right? Is a sense in which, like, Kendrick, and maybe a comparison I draw here is, like, Gambino, right? Remember we were talking about Childish Gambino and that interview magazine shit? You know, Gambino did the annoying thing where he's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't really read the internet. Like, you know, my, you know you're supposed to write what you know and it's just like the internet doesn't concern me. And you and I look at each other and we're like, this nigga is lying to himself and to us. Like, Childish Gambino, you watch Atlanta, right? And that shit is the most extremely online written show in this season. That shit reads like Twitter, right? And it's like the difference between Gambino and Kendrick is that like, Gambino gonna tell you that he's not online like that or he's not like plugged in to the sort of the progressive zeitgeist like that, and he's just lying. He's just fronting, you know? Kendrick really isn't. <laughs> like, a lot of these songs come like, from Kendrick being like, like, he can Kendrick say that, is like, not y'all on. know he don't have yeah. internet. Yeah, like, you know, like, sorry about <laughs> Kendrick Twitter, really not. Have internet. 
<laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, you really don't have internet. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is very fair. Um, <laughs> it's way, yeah. It's like way more true in Kendrick's case. And I think a lot of the songs, I think a lot of the stuff that is being taken a bit differently than Kendrick maybe intended it or right. You know what I mean? It's That stuff to me is just like, it kind of speaks to your point about the difference between where the culture was in 2017 and where the culture is in 2022, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Kendrick can't come back and immediately just be like Ta-Nehisi Coates for you niggas, right? For the same reason that literal Ta-Nehisi Coates also hasn't done that yeah, yet. Yeah, like literally, like... <laughs> like he hasn't been back, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's just like, wait, there's, there's, nobody that is going to speak from the mountaintop and, you know, get, you know, unanimous applause right now. Like, it's just yeah, not a thing that's sure. going to happen. Absolutely uh, not. But I, and I do think that at least the album is so um, self-possessed and so introspective that whether in moments where it's super confident and in moments where it's super cracked up, right? That like, I at least feel like Kendrick, these songs feel like they're made by somebody who knew that. Right, even though there's so much of the album is him yeah. reckoning with like yeah. his station, I feel like there is a humility in a sense of like he made this album and he finished it and he released it and he could walk away from it, right? Like I don't feel like this is a thing he put out and now he's gonna have to walk back these songs or something. Like Kendrick at least has that kind of, I don't know, he has that kind of real authorial presence where. This isn't like a public, this isn't like some public relations release, right? Where, like, right. I don't know if Drake or J. Cole makes a faux pas, a political faux I had, pas. Like, he did, like, it's, it's not like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, it doesn't feel like, um, releasing the album in Ghana was the point. It's just like he happened to be there and that's, you know, like, all right, well, the label said we have to put it out now. So this is whatever. Like, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel like, like the, but the whole album's not Ghana themed. (laughs) What I mean? Like, that would be the Turkish version of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why you speak this shit? We didn't call it Mr. Mr. Morale and the Black Stars. (laughs) <laughs> and it had a whole album cover art look look all oh no and then we have some ados discourse yet again um i don't yeah man like and i and i don't say any of this to minimize like the discomfort of you know with people like hearing him drop the f-bomb that i'm not gonna say like 10 times on ani diaries right like that's just definitely yeah. again it feels like it's that it's it, it was true with Eminem too, right? Like Eminem always had the best of intentions. It's sort of like you know, in twenty twenty two, it's just sort of like I forget what that comedian's name is, but you know, he was making fun of like comedians telling trans jokes. He's just kind of like, I'm a cool comedian guy. I wear sunglasses and a bomber jacket. I'm going to tell edgy jokes about trans people. You know why? Because I don't feel like they faced enough adversity. <laughs> like, it's just, it's very like, you know, all right, but who was asking sometimes when stuff like that yeah. happens? Yeah. Um, like, uh, like, yeah, it's like, it's very like, you know, good for you, but who was asking is very much like, 
what I feel like if it's just kind of like I don't really I'm I can't like I like I'm saying I can really get into him wrestling this out for four and a half minutes. Yeah, for sure. And I'll I'll also say this: I was talking to somebody who I won't name because, <laughs> but like, you know, the implicit and this is a terrible choice, right? Or it's like an annoying choice, but it's like, look, if you're gonna have a progressive like trans song ad- addressing trans issues right in hip hop you get two choices you either get the Kendrick Lamar version of the song or you get the Macklemore version of the song right like exactly. you want the Macklemore oh that is so right that is so right listen <laughs> I, like like I, you, everybody want to act like, like they hate Macklemore but they kind of wish it's people kind the, of like asking know, for the Macklemore like, version of the song if you yeah but it's just like yeah it, is it, if it's catchy then it's just kind of like I don't need a catchy it's, it's, it just becomes a diversity <laughs> inclusion seminar again you know what yeah. I'm saying like it's ugh. Uh, it's a fine line. It's a bad but, choice, by the way. I mean, I'm conceding to everyone. That's it's a, a bad it's choice. A bad, like it's a bad. It's a. I have a, a dream that we live in a better society. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like it's not to minimize any of it, but I do think that Kendrick. I don't know. It's his own imperfect, cloistered way of trying to do that thing that he does, right? Which is him trying to. It's he's not speaking for anyone, right? but at least trying to like address all of the sort of big modern anxieties that we're all cutting through. Right. And I, I don't know, it's like, it's uncomfortable and it's, again, it, it leads, it, it culminates in some of not his best rapping, right. Of his career. But yeah, I don't know. They, I, I did think that musically, I, like, and even lyrically, I, I mean, like, sure we can do the clumsy, but honest thing. But yeah, again, yeah, yeah. like as a person that's a, like as a person that's approaching it, like as a thing that you listen to and, yeah. and you know want to enjoy, it's exhausting and you don't need it. Yeah, um, for sure. I don't know, man. I just rich spirit, rich spirit. Like again, it's just like. Silent Hill, like some of the, I don't know, Purple Heart, like the ghost face. Okay, I don't, I don't actually like the first two thirds of Purple Hearts, but then the ghost face first. Yeah, the, then like, the ghost face just, first is, you know, it is, it's, I, like it's as many times as I've, you know, done the, I love listening to ghost face rap, man. <laughs> like it's my ghost face. Or just talk, is just like ghost face talk. One really, of my yeah. favorite characters in history. He's a, he is it's like he should be in McMillan history books, okay? Robes Pierre, gold eagle on the face. wrist, you know, yes. Wonder Woman arm, right next to yes. Sean Lafitte. Yeah, it's just there's. Uh, I, I avoid paying my taxes too. Yeah, no, oh, but God. yeah, the um, um <laughs> the but yeah, I'd like it's yeah that like the the ghost like the ghost face woman is great, you know. I I did enjoy that. There's I still think that and I don't, I don't even remember if I said this on like on like the last time we were recording, but it's just like I still want the the Kendrick and Keem full length like twelve song punk rock project. Where is it at? You know, like the the whole. I know that there's a bunch of stuff that stemmed from Range Brothers. That's too much crazy chemistry and energy for there to only be 
like a ham. Y'all were hanging out, you know. There's got to be something. <laughs> like it was. I would like that project, please. Oh, um, the one, the one that sounds like the 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 ID cover they had together, where they were hanging out in the in the in the abandoned slash condemned school, wearing you know. Uh, I don't know, bombers and ripped jeans and grungy stuff. I want that album. I'll tell you what, I think you're describing a business model. Because think about it. Think of how perfect it was. So, see, Tip Up a Butterfly came out, right? And that album is a very specific, highly structured listening experience. Right. And, and then, then untitled after that, you get Untitled Unmastered. You exactly. Get untitled Unmastered comes out. And That's what you got to do. The, yeah. Like, and then it's, and so he's going to be like, yeah, this is uh, some stuff that didn't make the. That, the 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 album, some stuff from the cutting room floor. These are and it's the, totally different. The morale sessions, and then yeah. like it's like twelve records of like stuff that has, you know, less structure, but like more drive to it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, and it's just like purely melody driven, right? Like purely melody driven or sample driven, like where he takes sort of more of a backseat and uses his voice in a way more passive way. Like just Kendrick, if Kendrick just for the rest of his career just two pieces us like that, then I feel like both of us will feel satisfied. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, there's yeah, that's a business model right there. That's that's true. That's I mean, so waiting on the waiting patiently on the morale, the, the closed morale sessions. The closed morale sessions. Um, I don't know. Like I said, my overall take is I just I think a lot of the music's beautiful, man. Like, I don't care if it sounds like over orchestrated or whatever. I just, it's beautiful. To me, it's beautiful. I like listening to some good, some good, potent middle brow rap music. I love it. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? And I, again, it's like people, it's, it's, I get what you're saying with the live instruments can be a cop out thing. I just think, though, it's totally different. Like, it's the, the reason why I made the comparison with Justice League is that I think, like, look, man, it's just a level of execution that Kendrick commits to with that kind of approach. That's just different. It's different from when Ross does it. It's different from when Lupe does it. Like, it's not the same to me. Um, and I just think his voice, it's even just his voice, not just the songwriting, but it's like Kendrick's voice itself lends itself in a really special way to me to to the instrumentation and to the production on these albums. Um, and I don't know, this one just, this one has stuck with me in a way that damn just didn't. And that, and in a way that it took a long time for it to put butterfly to even begin to stick with me. Um, but that's where I'm at. I don't know. I mean, I feel like people should write into us uh, about this one for sure. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. Uh, this doesn't have to be the end of the episode though. I'm just putting that out there now just to, sort of button the Kendrick stuff, but I don't know. Was there other stuff you wanted to talk about this week? Because, you know, I'm catching up. I just got back from my wedding. Uh, um, not really. I mean, like, you know, finally saw the Northman. That was a kind of crazy experience. Uh, wait, what is the Northman? I forget. What is the North <clears throat> Northman? It's a new Robert Egger movie uh, that is not available for adaptation. <laughs> But like you know, it's a, it's a it's a Viking revenge story, you know. Uh, white people shit, longboats, fur, uh, knives, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. 
How do you let white people appropriate knives just categorically? What is wrong with you? You seen them knife crime no, stats no. in the UK? Come on now. No. <laughs> you know, I'm just messing with you. Anyway, uh, is uh, kind of like just this crazy art house film that, you know, has an edible twist in it. It's pretty wild. You should see it yourself. Oh, wow. On a big screen, don't wait for it to come to streaming. Because I can tell oh, that okay. like when it, it's like the sort of situation where like I saw it like seeing Green Knight and I was just kind of like, wow, this looks really beautiful. I don't really mm-hmm. understand what's happening despite, or I can't, I'm not really like caring about what's happening to Sir Gawain despite knowing a little bit about chivalric romances. But I know I wouldn't be having that patience if I was watching on my TV at home. I'm going to do laundry or I'm going to go do dishes or something. Like, you know, like it's... um, Yeah, but I saw the Northmen beat Elden Ring uh, since this last we recorded. Um, Like, I finally... God slain! on level 135 at like I think like a hundred and I think it's like 130 hours uh-huh. um, and the closest that I got before the time that I actually did it when I was wearing the crucible night armor I was doing it butt naked and I got very close like I got within <laughs> I, I got with, like because I got, like I was trying I was, I found out at the very end that like you, like that the, like you get straight up to the last door and then the bosses don't take, the final bosses don't take bleed damage. You're like, is this some cruel fucking joke? Oh, I built my yeah, whole character yeah, around this. Around bleed. You, gotta, uh, you can switch, you can switch your art, you can switch your weapons from bleed to a cult so they do more physical damage, but that sucks. Or you can take all the stuff off. And just, you know, get really good at the windows, which is what I eventually did, which is why I was doing it butt naked, because I was just like, if I go find the flute dancer charm, which raises your attack power by 10%, when your equipment load is under, is like 30 or below, basically, um, like, I just was finding shit to stack, like, attack power, because it's like, I gotta do more damage in the windows that I have, because I was, like, learning, like, how to dodge everything. And I like this is at the end of maniacally learning all the attack patterns for two or three days. It's just like I'm not good at like I'm not good at these types of games, and I had to get good at these types of games. And I did, and then I got that close, butt naked, and I almost broke the controller because <laughs> I got hit by that stupid Elden Stars attack thing oh. that tracks you around in the circle. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck tried to win this game beautifully. <laughs> I'm about this clunky <laughs> knight's armor and an arsenal charm. And I'm oh, a quick no. step on another thing, and I'm going to use that motherfucker like a bike in the second phase. And then Dog, I did, it doesn't and help I that he runs away. He runs, he runs away, away so he much. Runs... He teleports away. The final boss of a video game running away in. constantly. Yeah, a final it's so boss lame. in a video game that teaches you to steal yourself against impossible odds and then also to confront your problems directly, then at the very end, gives you something <laughs> that runs away from you for 20 minutes. 
constantly <laughs> just runs. It, it's annoying. It's like a bizarre design choice to be the final boss of a game, and all he does is run to the opposite end of the map. <laughs> a it's big just absurd. sea whale it's with dumb. dumb with balloon dumb animal ass looking and a and a toothpick that can touch you from the other side <laughs> of the map for some reason. It's just like you know what. You know, zero out of ten final. Like, is is you know what? It ruined the Radagon <laughs> fight for me. It ruined the Radagon fight, which yeah. was yeah. And that fight is so good. It's so yeah, good, it's but like, you gotta. And when you uh, finally figure it out, when you finally figure it out, and you're like, yes. And then, you, and then it just becomes something that's in the way of you fighting the most annoying thing you've ever fought in your life. You begin to resent like all of the cool, flashy stuff. Radagon does. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Man. I'm Fuck with you. Beast, man. <laughs> zero out of ten boss at the end of a 10 10, out of 10, 10, game, 10, 10 game, did, zero like, 10 I mean, final boss. Hard, like hard 180 on this game that I did. And I'm telling you, after having evangelizing about this game now, after having hated the idea of it, the last boss of this game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Please tell me you tweeted. Please tell me you tweeted about this in real time, and I can find your tweets. I need to know. Oh no, um, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. No, no, no. I tweeted about like what I did after beating the final boss in real time because, like, I took the like <laughs> watching me struggle against this thing for like two days. My girlfriend was just like, "Can you bring your PS Five over to my house? I haven't seen you since you said she said you were gonna sit down and not see and not move till you saw the end credits." That was on a Thursday. And she was just like, bring the thing, <laughs> o- bring thing over. <laughs> and like, and and then I like, it was like, I was at her house. And then she, I was just like, I need space. Because this thing is frustrating the hell out of me. She's just so patient. Bless her heart. <laughs> and like, I beat it. And I, like, I threw the controller. I took a rip my shirt off and threw it across the room. And I was just you like, did? and Jesus the only Christ. thing I was, the only other thing was in the, the only other thing was in the room with the dog, and I started screaming at the dog. I'm the fucking silverback, nigga. Fuck is fuck wrong with you, nigga. <laughs> you were out of control. You were out of control. I'm glad <laughs> I you was beat out that of, shit. I like. I really was. I I don't think you understand how upset I was at like having to. I was just like, you got to be. It's it was hard for me to accept getting that far and not being good enough. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> That's really where it Turns underscores the difference. I could have went and like respect to a whole different thing, but who's gonna do that after I've been? This has been working all this time. Yeah, I was gonna say like that's the difference between people who played it and they're like, I'm gonna beat this game with the great sword versus like me on my first playthrough. I was like, I'm a sorcerer, you know. I stumbled into the game. It's my first one of these games I played, and it's like Elden B suck, but then you can at least get to the point where you're just like, fuck this. I'm gonna cast Meteorite of Astral, and I'm gonna melt him in ten seconds and GG the game. And you know what I mean? It's just like at least I had a cop out yeah, option. Like, the thing is, I feel like, like you ha- didn't. Yeah, it's you like, didn't. <laughs> when you get there. And you and like <laughs> I can describe the frustration of getting there and having no other option other option, than to yeah. figure it out on its own on the game's own terms. That sucks. Yeah. So I was just like, it there's does. like I can't lay hands on this motherfucker because I can't 
attack him if he runs away and swims under the earth and flies in the air and shoots all sorts of sparkly bullshit at me. Um, yeah. But anyway, you, bro. that's I'm proud of you. Thank you, bro. Because it was not easy. Uh, but I did bruh. it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, dog. I like. I as soon as I got back, I like uh, redownloaded Returnal because I had heard about that tower mode. Oh yeah, I should also like, say that I refused to play with a shield the whole time, so that might have made things a lot harder. <laughs> yes. Um, I like. I've been playing the. T- I don't know if you know about the Tower of Sisyphus mode of Returnal, where like you basically just ascending a never-ending tower. Enemies get stronger every twenty floors. You got to fight a boss. Um, and it's like, it's very speed based. Like the goal isn't to just get as high as possible. It's really to run up a score and the score sort of is based on a multiplier. The multiplier sort of gets higher. You clear the floors faster. And anyway, it's like, it makes Returnal, a game we've talked about before on this pod, play a lot more like Doom and like, it's really addictive. Like I, I'm, I think the highest score I've gotten so far is like 10 million. And I I need to put this game back down. I'm married now. My life is different. <laughs> I can't. I can't uh, do it. I'm relapsing. It's I'm like a week into it. I'm relapsing. It's messed up. Um, I don't know, man. Play play Tower of Fist Returnal, man. If you can play something after Elder Ring. But I'm proud of you for beating. Nah, I, like listen. I needed like it was. I needed I. <clears throat> I needed to read afterward you know like i needed to just oh, you know stretch literary, my legs okay. in a different way like mm-hmm. and and then i needed something that you know was sort of like a walk in the park after that so i started playing lost judgment but now i'm bored because it's too easy so now i need something that challenges me <laughs> it's too easy this is a from soft <laughs> problem you like everything is too easy it's like i uh, it's i hate that now i don't like i don't like yeah. that i don't like that feel yeah <laughs> Look, that's all we got this week. Um, Kendrick, like I said, people write us in about Kendrick. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Monica Peters. We'll see y'all next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.